Thanks for joining us for today's message. We want to encourage you to visit mbcocala.com if you have a story to share about how God is working in your life or if you'd like to support this ministry financially. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Temptation. Everywhere we go and everywhere we look, there are things that pull on us. While we can't choose what tempts us, we can choose our behavior. In this series, we will learn how to beat temptation. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in our series called Temptation. Everybody say temptation. Temptation. How many of you got tempted at least once or so this past week? Okay, how many of you, it's just not temptation anymore. You just give in. It's just, all right, all right. We can can do better and that's what we're we're talking about. Um, I think as we approach anything in life, we have a couple of approaches that we can take. And, and I want to apply that this morning concerning temptation. And all of us are tempted. You know, all of us, things come to us. We have unique temptations. You, you might be tempted a little different than somebody else. I think there's, in general, you know, there's a, the big bucket of temptations that we all have something in common from. But um, we're all tempted in different ways. We don't choose our temptations. We choose how we re- respond to those. And that's very important. But the approaches that I'm talking about are this, and I'll, I'll just put it on the, on the screen here for you. It's trying versus training. So we're wanting to overcome temptation, and we can either be trying to overcome temptation, or we can be training to overcome temptation. Let me just say this up front. When you try something, okay, you try it, then immediately you either have a pass-fail, okay? But with training, here's what we have. We can make progress. We can make progress. And I believe this is our better route, is training so that we can overcome temptation. Can I get an amen? Make sure you're here this morning. All right. Look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 4 in the New Living Translation. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, help me, train yourselves to be godly. doesn't say just try to be godly. Train yourselves to be godly. Verse 8, physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Look at this in the message paraphrase here. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. That's pretty good. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Verse 8. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful. But a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit both today and forever. So trying versus training. There's so many things that we're trying to do that we should train to do. We're trying to overcome temptation. Well, how's that going for you? We're trying to be nice, trying to be kind. We're trying to live godly. We're, we're trying to not worry. We're trying to do those things. And I think in bet it, it is best for us to train to do that. Can you imagine uh, trying to do surgery? Heard you need surgery. I'll try it. <laughs> or a pilot and crew are going to be late. I'll, I'll try to fly it. You know, or trying to play a violin or, you know, trying to run a marathon. I don't think you try. It would be better that you train. Everybody say train. train. And so trying to overcome temptation, here's what happens. If we do it only in trying, and you must try. Tell your neighbor, try. Okay. We must try, okay? 
I don't think it's an issue of we don't try. Uh, trying is better than not trying. But listen to me, trying is not going to be enough. So in trying to overcome temptation, and then when we fail in doing that, then what do we do next? You ready? Try again. Try harder. And then if we continue to fail and hit and miss, eventually, do you know what we do? We stop trying. We stop trying. So I want to say it again. Trying is necessary. Willpower. Effort is necessary, but it's not enough. So we've talked in, in recent weeks about getting past what we call sin management. Now, sin management is we're all tempted, we all sin, we all fall short, and we have wrong thinking and wrong being. You know, we're thinking wrong, we're acting wrong, and then what we're after is I need to get forgiveness and get reset. And that's kind of sin management. It takes up a lot of time and a lot of energy. There's a better way to live. And the better way to live would be spiritual formation. Spiritual. So getting past just sin management to spiritual formation. Everybody say spiritual formation. And that is something that's being formed in us rather than us just trying something and you know, continuing to work and juggle with that. That something would be formed in us. And it's the life of Christ that would be formed in us. The fruit of the Spirit formed in us. The, the help and character of God would be formed in us. Well, for that to happen, for spiritual formation to take place, it is going to involve, it's going to require spiritual disciplines. Now, we don't even like that word discipline. At least I, I, I don't, you know, as a, because you think of being disciplined, you know, somebody disciplining you. But every, uh, let me put it this way, every worthwhile endeavor has its own set of disciplines. Think about it. You know, in sports, in the arts, in science, in music, in industry, in, in, in whatever it would be, it has its own, if it's a worthwhile endeavor, it has its own set of disciplines. Think about your job, your career. You know, if it's a worthy endeavor, it has its own set of disciplines that go with it. Bob your head if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, following Jesus and overcoming temptation, I think, requires the same here. And what a, what a discipline is, is you take what you can do now, and you continue to do it and increase in it. And gradually, over time, you're going to be able to do something that you can't do right now. Okay? So my wife is training for a half marathon. I think this is like her third one. So she's training to do that. Um, I'm not going to... Her and my daughter are going to run one in, in, in uh, November. And so when they run that, I'm not going to the night before say, Hey, guys, how about I come and try it, you know? I don't think any of us today would just say, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the gym and uh, I think I'm going to try 405 pound bench press today. It's not something that you just try. This would be something that you've got to start with. You've got to, I think the first step is this, get off the couch, put down the snacks, you know, and then start small and start doing what you can do. Get it moving, get it warmed up, start doing what you can do. And then gradually be increasing what you're doing. And then over time, the day of the event, the day of the run, the day of the whatever, you're going to be able to show up. And you're going to be able to do then, if you have trained, if you've disciplined yourself, you're going to be able to do something then that you can't do right now before you start. And so I think we've been trying to overcome temptation. And, and I think by and large, that's not really working. Now, I'm not saying don't try. 
But we have to add something in with this trying to really make us be able to overcome temptation. Here's a couple of sayings that we say around here. How many of you have the, the day-by-day bracelet there? All right. Come on, show, show me. All right, good. Day-by-day, and the thought behind that is, what I do day-by-day takes me to my future. Think about that. It's what I do day-by-day that takes me to my future. And then we think, we think this way as well. Consistency beats intense effort every time. To be consistent, that beats intense effort every day. I always use this illustration. If tomorrow morning you've got your, your checkup with the dentist, and last time he told you make sure you're flossing and brushing, and you haven't been, how many of you know that an hour of flossing tonight is not going to... Okay, you're just going to be bloody, you know? And, and, and so it's consistency beats intense effort every time. Understand this also. God pays attention to what we are intentional about. He pays attention to what we are intentional about. Now, as Christians, we are followers of Jesus. I am. We sang that this morning. I believe that. What are you, what are you doing? What does that mean, a Christian, a believer? I'm a follower of Jesus. It also means that we're a disciple. We're a disciple. We follow him in that way. A disciple is a disciplined learner. Uh, a disciple is an apprentice. And so we're following Jesus. And this is what we believe, and I want to to say this on all of our behalf. If you're following Jesus, it must be not just his death, burial, and resurrection, not just his promises, not just his miracles, but we believe this as well. We believe that he knew how to live. Think about it. He knew how to live. And so if he knew how to live and we're following him, then we should follow his practices. We should follow his patterns. You tracking with me here? First uh, Peter talks about that we should uh, follow in his steps as our example. And so when it comes to life, when it comes to temptation, so what is our subject again? Temptation. Well, then if we believe Jesus knew how to live, what did Jesus do with temptation? Well, I'll go ahead and give you the short answer. He overcame it. He overcame it. So I'm intrigued. Are y'all here? Y'all are still thinking pirate things. Get with me here, all right? All right, look with me in Hebrews chapter four. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, empathize with our weaknesses. Let me rephrase that first phrase there. We do have a high priest who is able to empathize with our weaknesses. He does understand. Let's keep reading. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, read the last part with me, Yet he did not sin. Okay, so our question is temptation. We're following Jesus. He overcame temptation. He did it without sin. He knew how to live. We're trying to overcome temptation. He overcame it. So the question would be, how did he do it? Well, the question, the answer that some people would just give is, well, he was the son of God. True. But that's not how he overcame temptation. He was the son of God. He's completely God. But also when he came and put on flesh, he became also the son of man. And Philippians tells us that he emptied himself of his divine privileges. He put on flesh and became like us and emptied himself of his, if I can put it this way, superpowers, all right? And, and lived life like we live it. So the question surfaces again. Okay, Jesus as son of man. Jesus as a man walking among us. How did he overcome temptation. And I want us to see this real quick. Look with me in Luke chapter four. 
It says, then Jesus, this after he was baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted, watch carefully, for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended the 40 days, he was hungry. Verse 3. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. See, and he's pulling on that aspect of Jesus being the son of God. I want you to notice also that he's questioning this, and he'll do this with you as well, the enemy. He's questioning his identity. Because if he can get you off of your identity, he can get you off of your purpose. And that's his goal. So, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So there's the temptation. He's hungry. I would have said, that is a great idea. But Jesus answered him saying, what? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, if you continue on in this passage and in the other synoptic gospels, you're going to find that uh, there were three other temptations that are listed there that he went through. And this is the thing on this temptation and on all the others, he was able to overcome the temptation. And here's what he did every time. He responded in this way. He knew scripture. Now follow me on this. He knew the scripture and he was able to draw upon what he knew and recall it and declare an appropriate scripture that lined up with the temptation he was being faced with. You following that? And so he overcame by using the word of God. He overcame the word of God used appropriately. He overcame the temptation, direct temptation. I want you to notice this from the devil himself. The devil is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere present at once. Y'all are too quiet for me. He can't be everywhere present at once. Um, And so he has uh, help. How many of you know some people that work for the devil? I'm just joking. I was joking. Joking. Not flesh and blood, okay? Not flesh and blood. Okay. But there are spirits and demons and so forth. Well, I don't know if I believe in that. It doesn't matter if you believe in it. I don't know if I believe in gravity. It doesn't matter, okay? I don't know if I believe in germs. It doesn't matter. Wash your mitts, all right? So, so unless you're a pirate. All right, back to our program. Um, Jesus was tempted directly by the devil himself. I don't know that you or I have ever been directed by the devil himself. I think there are bigger fish to fry than you or, or, or I. And so this is intense, repeated, over 40 days. He's hungry. He's vulnerable. These temptations come, and Jesus is able to overcome them. And he did it by appropriately using the word of God. So let's go back to this idea, disciplines. Not sin management, spiritual formation. It's going to require some disciplines in our life. And those disciplines can be categorized. You have disciplines of of abstinence, things you do not do. That's a discipline. Uh, Engagement, things that you do. You have inward disciplines. You have outward disciplines. You have corporate disciplines. All in all, it's this. It's holy habits. Holy habits. Say that with me. Holy habits. It's some holy and godly things that you do as a pattern, as a habit in your life. That's what spiritual disciplines are for us. And I want to submit to you that probably the first one you need to go after has to do with God's word. 
It has to do with God's word. Listen, we believe that the Bible, the scripture is inspired by God, that this is God's word. And get this, that this is God speaking to us. This is not some dead old book that you go, oh, the Bible, I read that. And you put it on the shelf with War and Peace and other, other you know, goofy books that you would, well, I'm not calling that a goofy book, but other books. Are y'all, are you still with me? Okay. So it's not like that. This is a living Bible. This is our daily bread. And I think we need to, we need to have this as a holy habit in our life where we read and study God's word, where we hear and meditate on God's word, where we have a daily exposure to and intake of God's word, where we sit under sound teaching of God's word, where we memorize and speak God's word. And we put God's word first because it causes faith to come. Think about this. It brings light to our life. It's exalted above his name. It's more desirable than our necessary food. It is more valuable than silver or gold. It's sweeter than honey or the honeycomb. It's forever settled in heaven. The word rejoices our heart. It enlightens our eyes. It lights our path. It warns us. It heals us. It encourages us. It protects us. It directs us. It corrects us. And it makes us wiser than our enemies. Amen. It, it is daily bread. And I'm a big proponent that we have daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. We have more daily exposure to and intake of social media than we do with the word of God. Well, I, I got to keep up with this and I got friends and I'm following and, and all that stuff. Well, you know what? That's not going to serve you at all. Have fun with that. Be careful with that, but keep it in its right place and understand that I have to have my daily bread. And never underestimate, never underestimate the incredible impact of something that is daily. And and, and again, what you do day by day is going to take you to your future. Never, never underestimate the incredible impact of that. Now look with me quickly in Psalm 119. Y'all still here? All right. Psalm 119, David says this. Watch this. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Would you read it with me? Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right, watch this. Let's just kind of put it into an equation. All right, your word I have hidden in my heart. And look at the result. And I'll not sin against you. Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, watch this. Your word I have hidden in my heart and I won't sin. Isn't that what we've been trying to do? We've been trying to not sin. And so this goes beyond trying. This involves a discipline where we're taking God's word, hiding it, treasuring it, intentionally putting it in the right way in our hearts. And the result is that we won't sin. Now watch this. Scripture reveals, and we know this, that our thoughts, our words, and our actions all come from our heart. And if we can get God's word into our heart, it's going to have incredible impact on how we think and speak and act. I'll do that again because some of y'all are looking like me in algebra class. Okay, so, okay. Our thoughts, our words, our actions come from our heart. Jesus said that. They come up out of our heart. 
And if we could put the word of God into our heart, it's going to have incredible impact on how we think and how we speak and how we act. And I believe the result will be that we won't sin like we've been sinning. Amen. I think we'll be better equipped to handle temptation. Let's look a little further in Psalm 119. Look down at verse 98. So your commands, it's another word phrase in the uh, uh, Old Testament Hebrew that we could just put this way. Your word, your word. Your commands are always with me and make me, help me on this, wiser, note that, wiser than my enemies. Verse 99, I have more, help me, insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. In verse 100, I have more understanding than the elders for I obey your precepts. Now, this is the thing. When we, from God's word, receive God's word, you're going to get this. Wisdom, insight, and understanding. Look at it right here. Wisdom, insight, and understanding. And when you and I have wisdom, insight, and understanding, look at me, you're going to make good decisions. Think about your bad decisions. When you've made bad decisions, when I've made bad decisions, we lacked wisdom and or insight and or understanding. And so when we have from God's word, this brand of wisdom, insight, and understanding, we're going to make good decisions. Now, do you remember our guy from Proverbs we looked at last week and a couple of weeks ago? Remember the young man? What did he lack? He lacked understanding. And ultimately what happened? He lost it all. He lost it all. And then in the end, he said, oh man, if I'd only paid attention, if I'd only got the instruction, if I'd only listened to my teacher, if I'd only, if I'd only got what I needed, what did he need? He needed wisdom, insight, and understanding. Let's read a little bit further in verse 102. David says, I have not departed from your judgments. It's another word that we could say your word. I've not departed from your judgments. Watch this. This is beautiful. For you yourself have taught me. Look at it. You yourself have taught me. This is the way David viewed the word. This is the way you, you and I need to view the word. You ready for this? That when I'm in the word, God himself is teaching me. Did y'all hear that? That God himself is teaching me. I'm going to stay right here till you get it. That I've not departed from your judgment, from your words, for you yourself have taught me. Listen, if you're, if you're reading scripture and just blabbering through it like a, an auctioneer, check, got that done, you're missing it. And you need to slow down and realize this is God's word. This is God speaking to me. And if you'll handle God's word right, I'm telling you what, it'd be like God, you yourself taught me. Let's go ahead to the next verse. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And look in verse four. Let, let me go back to verse three real quick. Go back there, can you? How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, don't raise your hand. Don't let on to anybody on this right now. But some of you, when you think of reading the Bible, you think that is just boring. Okay? Don't act like you, that's you. Don't, don't let on. Okay? It's just boring. Look at me doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. And if you do it right and you do it with the right approach and the right heart, and there's so many things to help you with this, you know what you'll say? 
Sweet are your words to my sweeter than honey to my mouth. You yourself are teaching me. You, are, you get a download of something awesome. Let's go ahead to verse 4. David says this, through your precepts, through your word, I get understanding. Watch this. Therefore, because of that, I hate every false way. What a great definition for temptation right there. False way. It means I'm faced with a decision and temptation presents itself as go this way. Do this. And you know what? It's a false way. But here's what David got. He, through the word, he got understanding so that he could say, I, therefore, I hate every false way. Here's the result of time in the word. You will have wisdom, insight, and understanding into evil, wrong, and temptation. Are you getting this? When you will expose yourself to God's word and put God's word in your heart in the right way, you're going to gain. Listen, you're going to, it will come to you. Well, I I don't know. Wasn't that good in school? This has nothing to do with school. Well, I was a real hellion in my day. This has nothing to do with that. This has to, you exposing yourself to God's word, receiving God's word in the right way, you will gain wisdom, insight, and understanding into many things, but especially right now what we're talking about, into wrong and evil and temptation. And you're going to be able to see things for what they are. You'll be able to see through the sin and the temptation. You'll be able to not have to fall for it because you can see what it was. Remember I showed you the the video of the the fish? Y'all been here before, right? Okay, okay. I showed you the video of this, of this fish. And if he only knew, if he had some wisdom, insight, and understanding, he'd go, I see that worm. I see that bait. Oh, that looks good. But I also see the string and I see part of the hook. And imagine if you had the wisdom, the insight, that fish would not have gone for it. And he'd grow up and become a 10 pounder. All right. But see here, here's what happens when we get that wisdom, insight, and understanding into wrong, into evil, into temptation. Now we can see through it. Now we can see what it really is, see it for what it really is. And we don't have to fall to it. it you know, it's, it's like a little kid coming up and playing a magic trick on us and we fall for it. No, it's we'd be able to see through it when we expose ourselves to God's word in this way. Amen. And as a result, you're going to be able to avoid some bad decisions. You're going to be able to not develop self-destructive habits and self-destructive relationships and self-destructive decisions because of what God will give you from his word. And then, can I tell you, then you are not going to be so temptable. I want all of us, that's our goal, is that you would not be as temptable. Well, I'm going to try harder. It's not about just trying. Keep trying. But put your trying, put your effort, put, put that, your willpower, put that into day by day by day by day. Daily intake and exposure to the word of God. And you know what? Then you're not going to be as temptable. No wonder. I'm having an aha moment here. No wonder the devil works so hard to keep you away from God's word. I mentioned it earlier, but how many of you know the devil never works hard to keep you away from Facebook? <laughs> or your shows? Or those people or whatever it would be. He didn't work hard on that. 
And I tell you what he does do. Every day he will deliver you a bundle, a fresh bundle of excuses. I promise you that tomorrow, I don't got to read the Bible today. Pastor Tim read it for me yesterday. You know, I, you know, we, I, I'll listen to a little Christian radio or this or that, or, you know, I love God. He knows I, I'll wear my Jesus t-shirt today. No, I'm telling you, there is no substitute for your daily bread. And so what we've got to do, we simply must stop just trying and we need to start training. Think about all the things you could have avoided in your life. Think about all the temptations you could have overcome. Think about all the better decisions you could have made if you'd had the wisdom, the insight, and the understanding that comes from God's word. Daily exposure and intake too. Let me just real quick give you some ways to do this. Get into the Proverbs. Okay? Today's the 20th. You know how I remember that? Because the 19th is Pirate Day. So... Um, <laughs> the 20th. So you should read Proverbs 20. And then at night, read a Psalm or two. Now there's some Psalms, David is just complaining. Well, if you're on one of those, skip it, go to another, find a happy one. Okay. (laughs) Get in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You should always be in the gospels following Jesus around, seeing how he handled things. Get into the epistles from, from Galatians on where you can read, uh, New Testament instruction for how we as believers in this day are supposed to live. Um, Get some translations that you understand. You know, in years past, churches said there's one translation is King James and it was good enough for Jesus and it's good enough for us. And Jesus did not have that. Neither did Paul. And it's the King's English from 1611. It's poetic and I love it. But there are newer, modern and, and very academically accurate, scholarly works of new translations that you can read and actually, you ready for this? Understand. And so get into something that you understand. And I'm not casting bad light on anybody that believes so strong in that way, but I'm just telling you, you're going to be, the key is that we want to understand God's word so that we can get understanding from God's word. There's so many helps for us anymore. Go ahead and get the smartphone or the tablet. Get version. Get our app. There, there are things to help you. There, there, there are verses that you can have, promises that you can have emailed to you every day. You know, so that you can get the word and put all of this together where you have daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. Get yourself in church. And I'm going to give you something. I don't know if this has ever been said in church before, but if you're dealing with something and you're, I wonder what God's word says about this, you ready for this? Google it. How many of you have no idea what I just said? You especially. All right, now listen, Google it. You're, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with what? Scripture verse for depression. Scripture verse for anger. Scripture verse for, I dare you, Google it. It'll, it'll pop up. It'll pop up. And you'll be able to read and go from the known to the unknown. And God will help you in this. And you've got to put God's word into your heart. Get into a small group. Get into church. Google it. I mean, there's so many ways that we can get the word of God. We are without excuse. But the devil will give you a boatload of excuses. But you're to walk right past him and get all that God has for you. Amen. I want to pray a prayer with you. Do you get anything at all out of this today? All right.